All right, what is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another day of Saber Sims DFS Office Hours. Today is Tuesday, February 27th of 2024. Looking ahead, we have a 12-game NHL main slate and a 9-game NBA main slate. So plenty of DFS action coming at you today. For those of you who are new here, welcome. My name is Andrew. I'm one of the coaches over here at SaberSim. This is a show where we go over how to use the SaberSim app answer any and all DFS related questions. You get your questions in one of three ways here. First off, send us an email support at sabersim.com. Second, post it live in the YouTube chat. Third way, post it in the office hours channel in our discord server. If you're not in our discord and want to get access to that channel, there is a link in the description of this video. You'll also get access to our similar channels, individual sport channels, and you get access to the rest of the Sabersim team. We do the show Monday through Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern, and we do the show on Saturdays at 11 a.m. Eastern. But with that said, we are going to jump right in here. So I'm going to get the app pulled up, and it looks like our first question came in from El Caballo yesterday. And it looks like the question is, Quick question, what is the difference between rank and unique rank when downloading your lineups? I think we actually did like a full tutorial on this yesterday. So, you know, I, I did like a pretty long demo. I think we had a little bit of time. So just this is probably like a good reminder. You know, any past office hours, you can go to YouTube and you can go to live. And then after the show, we go in, we update it, and we do timestamps in the descriptions here. So if you go to the show, you go to the description, uh, you're going to be able to come and see click on that question. So we did, can you explain the method pull down? So we did like a walkthrough here of all of the, um, of all of the fill methods and what they do here. So I'm going to link that here and that's a good opportunity to just go back and check that out. So just want to make sure that you have access to that. So going to link that to you there, but check that out. And we covered it in great detail yesterday. All right. Next question here from crutches. Oh no. Crutches was, was responding to him and then Sean as well. So appreciate you guys jumping in there, helping out. Looks like our next question here is from Henry. And Henry said, to follow up on the camp meet exposures question in NHL on Monday, I capped um, somebody, Olmark, at 25% after running contest sims and got that message, but it still found 60 lineups and I didn't see any players with a red box. What causes that message if it seems like it isn't an issue? This happens frequently in NHL. So I do know that there's like an issue where the can't meet exposures messages can pop up if you like come back to a slate like later in the evening. So like something that I'll do is like, Hey, I'll, uh, you know, slate a lock. And then later in the evening, I come back and run like a late swap for like multiple slates or multiple sites. And sometimes it'll come up, you know, that the, the red boxes are really your big indicator here. So if you are looking in your minimax exposure in your exposures and you see no red boxes in these minimaxes, then I think you're fine. So uh, there is a little bit of bugginess with that message. So uh, red boxes are going to be your best indication of whether there is actually an issue or not. All right. Next question. 
Is there ever a time when it would be recommended to sort by cash rate, win rate, or any other sorting method besides ROI or risk-adjusted ROI? Good question. Uh, the only other time I'd say is if you're playing, if you're building like specifically for satellites where you just care about first and nothing else, you want the ticket, you know, you want the live final seat, you want whatever it is. I think then it is okay to sort by win rate. I would, I would really, I don't see a good reason to ever sort by cash rate. I could see you using it as a variable in a Sabre score in a, in a custom metric. You know, if you want to create some custom metric and you want to, you know, the lineup to have some type of floor and you want to include cash rate, I think that's totally fine. But as a standalone variable, I'd say ROI, risk adjusted ROI and win rate are probably the only three that you ever want to solely sort by. All right. Uh, next question here. Question says, is there any way to see a player's usage in NBA? So we don't have like a usage stat here, but you have a bunch of detailed stats uh, that you can see on the ult on the ultimate and pro plans. So we have like minutes, points, two-pointers, three-pointers, rebounds, assists, steals, blocks, turnovers for NBA. Uh, we have detailed stats for baseball. We have detailed stats for NFL we don't have detailed stats at the moment for hockey. It is something that we want to add here. But but uh, like mentioned, you know, these are summaries of what occurs in the Sims. So, like this is their mean outcome. So, you know, on average, Colin Sexton has 5.05 assists in the game. And, and that is how you should read these stats. All right. Good question there. Next question. Question says, I recently started playing NBA on Yahoo and have had no success at all. I realize fantasy runs in cycles, but in the same period, I have won contests on Owner's Box, DK, and FanDuel, but I've never even been profitable on a contest on Yahoo. Is there different settings or processes that should be used for Yahoo specifically? Thanks. Okay. Uh, you know, I, I really wouldn't look at it this way. I would, I would look at like all of your results kind of combined. So like when I'm analyzing my results, you know, I am mostly caring like, hey, you know, how am I doing across NBA like as a whole? And if if I recall correctly, you know, Yahoo is like super similar to DraftKings. So, you know, I wouldn't say there's anything different. I would say it's probably just variance that, you know, you're winning on these other sites, but not on Yahoo. But like, I'm almost positive, like the lineup is exactly the same. It's one of each position on the floor, followed by a forward, uh, or they're doing forward center and utility. So it's like really close, not exactly the same. Um, they do like an extra, no, no, it is the same. So it's point guard, shooting guard, small forward, power forward, center guard, forward and utility. So it's like eight slots. Uh, the only thing that's probably different is the salary. I'm almost positive. Like the scoring is the same as well. We could check like Giannis is 59.02 on Yahoo. And then if I sort by projection, okay, it's a little bit different. 60.58. So somewhere their scoring is like slightly different. It does have eight players in the lineup. So it's like really similar to DK. So I wouldn't look into it too much. I would just continue to analyze your results on a season basis, like looking at NBA as a whole. I don't think that you're doing anything wrong that's causing you to lose on Yahoo. All right. Next question here from Chuck. 
If my portfolio SIM ROI is slightly negative due to my min unique setting, but my 99th SIM profit and win rate is higher as a result, is this a worthwhile trade-off? So I would be interested in knowing how you know your min unique setting is what is causing you to have a negative portfolio. Because if you're using the pre-contest sim, the pre-contest sim works on a lineup by lineup basis. So what happens is for all 5,000 lineups in my pool, it puts them into a contest with the field lineups one at a time. It runs it 100,000 times for each lineup and then returns the metrics. So the only time you can ever look at your portfolio is in the post-contest sim. So when you run the post-con, when the post-contest sim runs, you know, I don't know how you know that min uniques is causing that to be negative. So I would be really interested in hearing how you, you know, came to that conclusion. But I would, I, in my opinion, you know, the portfolio sim ROI, I would always want that to be positive. And I think that, you know, that is a probably the most, you know, solid metric to use when grading your lineups in the post-contest sim. All right. And then next question. Are tennis live sims set up, or should I take these numbers with a grain of salt? So I'm almost positive uh, we don't have live sims for tennis. I'm I'm pretty sure we are not taking tennis information in and then projecting the rest of the slate so if we're not doing that, then I would take the, any any results with a grain of salt. Um, so because I'm almost positive we only have the live sims right now for NBA, NFL, and then we'll have them for MLB. All right, question from Sam. Sam said, "So I had a question about a behind the Sims video episode four. I noticed that the jukebox and four seamer." Had little to no difference as it pertains to ROI. I play the NBA quarter jukebox as a diversifier a lot. Does that mean I should stop playing that contest and switch my focus to contests with a higher ROI difference? Okay, so I'm almost positive the four-seamer is like the $4.20 max. So I would play both of those contests. I think one thing that I've heard, you know, Eric say, and and we could actually see this. You know, I did a demo on this recently, but it was a probably like a week or two ago. So I'm happy to do it again is, Oh, actually it's not going to be great because DraftKings has been running all these different contests. Uh, let's go back. Let's go back to like earlier this month. So one thing that Eric said from that, you know, one, one finding was that, Hey, you know, if you had to choose between the $4 20 max and maxing out the 50 cent 150 max, which is actually less money and entry fees, right? The 50 cent 150 max is $75 to max enter. And then the $4.20 max is $80. He said you should prioritize the $4.20 max, even though that that contest is available to all players in the lobby. And one reason that makes sense is if you come in here and I look at the four point play, and then I go to users for this contest and then i'm just going to look at people who are maxing it out so set this equal to 20 and i look at
over 100% SIM ROI in this contest. Now, if I were to go and look at the 50 cent Minimax, if I were to go look at the 50 cent Minimax here, it is going to, we're going to see something way, way different here. Sorry about that. So when I look at people, even who are just entering 20 or I'm sorry, let's do 150. So people entering 150 lineups in the 50 cent mini max, the highest SIM ROIs that I'm seeing are in the 40% range. So like, this is kind of what Eric was seeing. And that's why he's telling you like, Hey, prioritize that other contest over this one. So if you're seeing similar results between, you know, uh, the 25 cent and the like similar sim ROIs between 25 cent and like four seamer. I think that's fine. It's just some of these ones where, you know, maybe just the contest style, you know, doesn't lean that well, where there's just like not that much edge. You know, some of those are like the smaller 150 maxes, like, like the $2, like the, the $5, like the $6, like the $8, where it doesn't take that many max enters to max it out. I think those contests end up being lower edge and you want to be careful with playing some of those. So I think that's what he was getting at. All right. Got a follow up from Chuck. So Chuck said, follow up. I'm not hundred percent sure that it is the mini unique setting is the reason my portfolio sim ROI is negative, but I've noticed it as a general pattern, but it's probably not the sole cause. It could be because I didn't max the contest or other unknown variables. Um, I mean, so, you know, mini uniques, you know, inherently what you are doing is you are trading, you know, expected value for diversification. So, you know, that, that makes like a little bit sense to me. Like if you were to just play the highest SIM ROI lineups, you would probably have a little bit higher portfolio, but I think that there are a lot of people using mini uniques and are still grading out well. So I would probably look to other parts of your process to try and find a way to boost the SIM ROI as simply opposed to just lowering the min uniques because that's going to be increasing your risk. So, so there's like this nice balance you want to find between, you know, diversification and positive SIM ROI. I'm like pretty positive you can find it. So I, I would, I would look at other, you know, metrics and stats here, maybe, you know, looking at, Hey, you know, what are your dupes coming in at? How many unique, unique lineups do you have? What is your live SIM average scores? Like, those are some things that like I'm looking at, uh, you know, all right. Good question there. Jumping over the YouTube chat question from Eric playing NHL tonight. So because Saberson doesn't have live SIMs, it doesn't make sense to late swap. Correct. So, you should only late swap if there's news that requires late swap. So if, you know, some big name player gets ruled out, some, you know, you come into the app and you have a red, your red lightning bolt is active telling you you have an out player in your lineup. It's only in those circumstances that I would be doing any type of swapping, but you don't want to be swapping throughout the rest of the night, the night to like optimize your lineups because we don't have the live projections. Correct. All right. Chris said, what's the best way to know which contests to group together for late swap contest sims. Example, single entries with 1K entries versus three max with 5K entries, separate swaps, or one contest sim. Okay, good question. So 
I would say you can follow the profit plan here. And the profit plan says that to do two builds at the beginning of the slate and group those into single entries and three maxes and then 20 maximum and 50 maxes and then build those separately. So you effectively end up with like two builds. I think it's totally fine to just keep that the way it is and then use like a proxy contest sim. So, you know, pick one contest that you either care the most about, whether it's highest entry fees, whether it's highest percent to first, whether those things overlap and then use that one contest sim as the, you know, preferred contest sim for the entire build or the entire group of contests. So that's my recommendation as to how to choose which contest sim and how to break it up. But if you're in a time crunch, then, you know, you might have to run it all together. That does happen sometimes. But all right. Uh, looks like we're all caught up with questions in both the Discord and the YouTube chat. So appreciate you guys tuning in as always. And I will be right back here Wednesday, 4 p.m. Eastern for our next show. So until then, everybody, take care. Good luck. I'll see you all. Thanks. Bye.